I just want to start and I'm going to set this, you know, and ask you some questions here. If you're stuck and you can't seem to get up, you know, that's, that's where some people find themselves at the end of this 2016 looking into 2017. You, you, you're stuck. You know, and uh, you, it doesn't matter if you have like a 500 horsepower engine. If you're stuck, you're stuck. If you're bored and can't seem to get fired up, some people are just bored. They're just in the doldrums. If you're hurting and you can't get healed up, it just seems a prolonged time of, of carrying these hurts. If you're feeling hopeless and you feel like giving up. If you're in a rut and can't seem to look up. You know, when you're in a rut, it seems to everything's closed in and, 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 and it, it, you get your eyes in, in this rut. And, you know, a, a rut is a, a bad place to be in. But many are in a rut, spiritually in a rut. Maybe emotionally, maybe in relationships and in life and in career, you're in a rut. You know what, the definition of a rut is a grave with both ends kicked out. If you're depressed and you can't seem to lift up, it's hard to praise, it's hard to... It's hard to express gratitude when you're feeling depressed or pressure. And so if this explain, you know, if this isn't explaining any of you, then fine, then you, you know, you're off to a great start already. But this message is for people who are finding themselves and have found themselves in these, in these particular places. And this morning we're going to go to a passage of scripture that was made very popular back in the year 2000 when Bruce Wilkerson wrote the book, uh, The Prayer of Jabez. Probably everybody has read it because the book has sold millions and millions of copies and went through, you know, the church in that 2000, like what now, 17 years ago. And, and it became very popular and it became uh, talked about a lot and, 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 um, and, and this is what the Lord put on my heart, and I'm not trying to go back to 2000, and, but, but I, I, I think it's, it, it, it's, not, it, it's not the fact that uh, a man wrote a book, it's the fact that God gave us these verses. And I, I really want to challenge you to take a fresh look with me at these verses in First Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9 and 10, it says, There was a man named Jabez. Jabez. Now that's how we say it in English. That's, if you were a Hebrew scholar, you wouldn't say it like that. Actually, it'd be like Hobbits. You know, actually, it's Hobbits. You know, like, that's how the Jewish people speak. That it's complicated. So we just Englishize it. Is that a word, Englishize? See, I just make up words as I go along. And uh, so we make up, you know, we say these New Te- or Old Testament names. And man, when you get into this fourth chapter of, of Chronicles, there are some names there. You know, like Hobadad, Ho- Hobadad. You know, I mean, I'm like, you read these names, and you go, what? And so we just, we butcher them. But there was a man named Jabez. Now, here's, what's, here's what you need to know about the name Jabez. The name Jabez in Hebrew means pain. That's what it means. And his mother named, now how do you like, now you notice, there's nobody in this room named Jabez, is there? I mean, there's people named in Old Testament names, Jeremiah, uh, you know, uh, uh, Isaiah, and, 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 and there's, you know, some Daniel. There's old te- good Old Testament names. 
No, there's nobody here named Jabez, is there? I've never actually met a Jabez because the name, you know, we tend to put, we, we, we tend to look for names and put meanings behind names. How many of you know the meaning of your own name? Have you ever looked it up? It's very interesting. It's very interesting how your name can set a, can set your destiny for you. You know, and, uh, and it's just very, uh, it's a very powerful thing when you look at the, how, how, you know, people, we just, we seem like to think, well, maybe those names were just pulled out of the air, but, but, but here's the thing. The Lord says, I know you by name. The name Jabez means pain. And the reason his mother, and, we, and these are the only two verses where Jabez is mentioned in the entire Bible. So, you know, you, I, I, don't, I don't, you can't really, you, everything else beyond what this says here is conjecture. But we know that his mother brought him forth in much pain. Now, we, it doesn't explain what that pain is. Maybe it's that, that the pain was that she got pregnant and her, she was abandoned. How many know that's a painful thing that, 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 that happens to, uh, to, to mothers, that they, 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 they find themselves pregnant and then the dads skip? It could have been, you know, I, I, we, we could say, well, it was just the pain of birth. But, you know, every birth involves some pain. I don't think her, his, his, his mom would have just said, you know, that was painful because I think that's, that really, that's, that's a given when you're having a baby. At least that's what the women tell me. Don't ever do what I did with our firstborn when my wife was in extreme labor and all the joking was over and all the, you know, me trying to like, me trying to like keep her calm and me trying to tell her, you know, we took those stupid Lamaze classes back in that day. And, and then I'm like, and, and she's like, well, that was a waste of time. Ah! And she's like, ah! and I'm like, breathe, breathe, breathe. That's what they told me to do. She looked at me and she said, shut up, you breathe. And she, ow, she said, that hurts. And then I stepped in with my wisdom and my brilliance, and I said, honey, it doesn't hurt that bad. That's the first time I ever heard my wife cuss. That was stupid. But I don't think that was really the, I think there was something about this and around this that, that, that marked a very painful time in this person's life and that he was showing up in a, in an inopportune time. And that's the way it is with trouble, as we've been talking about trouble over the last few messages, that trouble never shows up in a good time. It never shows up in a good season. We're always looking. That's one reason people have such anticipation for the new year. Last night, they were out partying all, all, up till midnight and, or later, and, and, and hoping that, and they're, they're in their, in their, in their, uh, celebration what they're hoping is that i hope next year is better than last year because there's usually some sort of pain that company how many of you would say be honest and say 2016 had some pain for you in it I don't think that's saying anything negative or anything the wrong way or making a bad confession that that, that that's just is the nature of life but I think there was something going on, and, and I, I think it's kind of sad that he got stuck with this name in the sense that, that, that everywhere he went as he was growing up, he was reminded, reminded of pain every time somebody called his name. Hey, pain! 
But see, that's the way pain is. Pain will talk to you. If you don't learn to talk to your pain, your pain will talk to you. So everywhere he went, can you imagine he's playing, growing up, and it's like, hey, pain, come over here. You're a pain. Hey, what's your name? Pain. Nice to meet you. Pain. He goes through his whole life and grows up, and, and notice what it says here. He was more honorable than any of his brothers. Now, it doesn't tell us really what that's all about, but, but it says he had many brothers. It names them in the previous verses. He had, a, he had a bunch of family, but he was more honorable. Now, listen to me today. I want to tell you something about your pain. Your pain can actually serve you to bring you to the place of honor. Boy, that doesn't, that doesn't sound too good, though, does it? But see, this is why we have to learn how to deal with trouble, learn how to deal with our pain and handle it in God's way and in God's time. And here's what, here's, here, here's what I want to ask you. If he, if he was more honorable, what does that mean? He was more honorable. What does that mean? I mean, it doesn't say that he was a, necessarily, you know, like a better man, but he carried honor. And I, I just want to say something to you that this is the time for you and I as believers to latch hold of honor. That the world needs to see us honor, walk in honor, Treat each other with honor. Speak with honor. Wow, this message is going to be like a balloon drop. So it says, he was more honorable than his brothers. Let's go on. And his mother named him Jabez because his birth had been so painful. Something about his birth, something in it was just so painful for her. And, 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 and so she identified that pain with him. And, and, and that was a, a, a tag that he wore. And that's, that's typically how the enemy tries to do. Some of you are sitting here today... And you, you have, because of the things you've been through, the enemy has tried to identify you by your pain. He's tried to define you by your pain. And because you don't understand the honor in how God uses pain to get you to where he wants you to go, because of that, you have identified yourself. And you speak and act and think and walk in agreement with your pain instead of agreement with God. Now, can I just tell you something? I, I got on your thing, I, I, or I put it on the U app or something. I put two V, uh, hashtag, for Paul. See, what we do when we tweet, we hashtag things. So here's how I want you to hashtag this. Hashtag number two, V-S-A-F. That means second verse, same as the first. Church, if we don't understand and learn how to deal with our pain, the second verse will just be the same as the first. Hashtag that. Or as it would say in my generation, put that in your pipe and smoke it. But now it's hashtag 
to the SAF. And you see, he had been birthed and was reminded his entire life of pain. He, the enemy tried to cause him to identify in and with his pain. But now listen to what happens. He was the one. Everybody say the one. So now, of all of his brothers, he's the only one that's mentioned, and he's only mentioned in these two verses in the entire Bible. But you have to ask yourself, why would God stop and put him right here in the middle of this and just mention him with two powerful verses and give us a principle or a blueprint from which we can learn to deal with where we are no matter how painful your life has been, no matter what you have come through. I'm here to tell you that even though your name is Jabez, so to speak, if you back up in verse 8, I don't have time to get into that. There's actually another name. He, you, know, you know how God often changed people's names? Ab, Abram to Abraham. Jacob to Jacob, which means cheater, to Israel. You with me? Here's, he was the one of all of his brothers. See, now you're going to get insight what made him honorable. He was the one who prayed to the God of Israel. We don't read of his brothers praying a prayer. We don't read of any of his other family members praying a prayer, but the Bible calls out that he prayed a prayer. He was the one who prayed to the God of Israel. I want to tell you what 2017 is going to mean for the church. Listen to me right now. If you don't hear another word I say, 2017 is when God calls the church back to prayer, back to Him, back to seeking the face of God. No more plans, programs, fancy junk that we think's going to usher in God. The only thing that's going to save our churches, save our cities, save our nation is going to be a move of God within the hearts and lives of God's people, which is going to come when God's people get serious enough to pray and seek His face. So starting Sunday... 9 a.m. in the annex, and then the next 21 days. And, and, I, and I know it's 21 days. I just, here's the thing. I just can't help but believe something is going to spring forth. A, a new prayer movement in northwest Indiana. Somehow, some way, Northwest Indiana needs to see the house of prayer established in this region. Now, here's what I'm going to ask you to pray from here until the till till further notice. Listen to what he prays. He was the one who prayed to the God of Israel. That's what brought him honor. You see, it's not all that you're all that in a bag of chips. It's not, all, it's not all about just who you are. It's about the fact that you have a heart toward God. And when you have a heart toward God, God will honor you. You honor God and God will honor you. That's what the scripture says in 1 Samuel. If you honor God, God will honor you. If you seek God, you will be found by Him. 
<laughs> Ooh, God help me, Jesus. He said, oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory. Please be with me in all that I do and keep me from trouble and pain. And God granted him his request. Are you with me this morning? Four simple points to this prayer. I want to go over it with you really quick. I know you got it here. Listen, let's go over it. Bless me. Bless me. Oh God, that you would bless me. Now you see, this isn't a man looking for something selfish or something that, that, that for his own benefit, but he realized that there was a lot being carried on him being and walking in the blessing of God. His name wasn't Jimmy. Gimme, gimme, gimme. My name is Jimmy. His name was Jabez, and in his pain, he realized what was really important, and he knew he needed the hand of God on his life. I want you to look with me in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to 3. It says, now the Lord said to Abram, remember that's, <clears throat> that's Abram, pardon me while I drink a little of this coffee. My throat's, anyway, my throat's healed in Jesus' name. And now the Lord said to Abraham, get out of your country, from your family and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great. Now who's wanting to confer this blessing on Abram? God. Why would God want to make this man great? Because he knew that if he could make Abraham great, that the goodness and the blessing that God would put on him he would not contain it, but it would be able to get through him. Many of the church today have forgot that God isn't just trying to get a blessing to you. And one of the reasons why many people are having a hard time getting the blessing to you is because God's not going to release his best until he knows he can get it through you. That's good preaching right there. See, we've tried to, we tried to make a health, wealth, and prosperity gospel where it was everything that God was trying to get to us. I want to submit to you this morning that God's trying to get something through us, that there's millions of people all around us that need to know the greatness of God. And they don't know God is great because God can't get through us to them. I'm going to get to a land. I will make you a great nation. You know, can I just submit to you some of your visions and dreams are way too small. Oh, I'm just trying to get my family blessed and saved. Why don't you enlarge your vision? Because when you enlarge your vision, you see, we say, well, I just want to win a soul. God says, why don't you ask for the nation? Because you know what? There's lots of souls in the nation. Come on, church. It's, it's, it's time for us to, you know, we, we got to believe God for the impossible. We got to dream big enough that if God doesn't come through, we're going to look like idiots. But I'm okay with that. I say, God, it's time. You know what? God, 
I'd rather look like an idiot reaching for the greatest than be satisfied and filled sitting in the lowest. I don't want to be one of those fat sheep. I want to be a fighting, a lean, mean fighting machine. So this is what he says. I'll make you a great nation. I'll make your name great and you shall be a blessing. See, you get it? God was going to pour a blessing into Abraham so he could get through to Abraham a blessing to who? To the entire world. Abraham became known as the father of the faithful. See, you have to realize what you do and how you react and how you walk this out is, 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 a, is a living story. It's a living demonstration. Come on with me. So here we got this young man. How old are you? 24 years old. How about that? So here's, here's Tyler right here. Tyler walked in this place. How long ago? Has it been a year? year and a half. Walked in on a Sunday because the invitation, you come here. Let's get a living story here. This man, now just just not too long ago, this man was in jail. And I'm not saying, he, he told this story right from there a couple weeks ago. How many of you heard it? This man got his, his life was jacked up. Is that fair to say? I'm not, I'm not making you feel bad, am I? He would say the same thing. And then he comes into an encounter, into an experience with the living God due to the prayers of his family and prayers of friends and intercession of people who, who are praying for the blessing to come through. That's why we need mothers and fathers at war because our sons and daughters are in the balance. Our sons and daughters are fighting battles that they don't even have the strength to get through. But with your prayers and you calling on the name of God, they can find hope and direction and purpose. Otherwise, they're just going to wander off into the, into the wilderness and, and then we're going to say, isn't it so sad? But because the hand of God came greatly on this man, this man get, works in a job and this man worked for this man. This man is sowing, praying, believing God to impact lives. See, this story is, God, I want you to bless me. The reason I want you to bless me is because I want your name to be great so you can bless others. Huh? And he, he invites Tyler to church, which is risky to do around here. Because we're crazy. Did you think we were crazy a little bit? little bit. This ain't no religious thing here. We don't sing to be pretty. We don't sing to be prim and proper. We don't worship to impress you. We're not trying to, to impress anybody but God. This is heartfelt. And if you don't feel it from your heart, you ought to just stay home. Ooh, that was mean. He comes in. I preach. I just preached a simple message. I remember. You remember? But but something tugged at his heart. He walked forward, gave his heart to Jesus. That day happened to be the first day of our growth track. That's afternoon. Tyler stayed for the growth track because the growth track. Is what helps get you to find your purpose, discover your purpose, find freedom, and, and, and find meaning for your life, which starts next Sunday. And if you haven't been through the growth track, you should do it. 
all I'm going to say about that. He took the growth tracks four weeks in a row. Showed up, took the growth tracks. Then signed up and said, I want to be a part of this. We didn't know he we didn't we didn't do we didn't know what he did. We didn't know he was a great guitar player. The man was extremely talented, gifted, anointed. He he this is another anointed young man. And God has blessed him, and he's, he is a blessing. Not too long. I, I, hate to t- I hate to even think about this, but he's going to Vegas to join up with Dan and Jen to help plant this church. What a greater draw than these young people on fire for God. See, and I, 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 I'm, I'm just of the mind. I just, I just hold people with an open hand because I know the blessing of God, if it flows the right way, that God's going to take people and he's going to put them in other places. And I'm okay with that because that's just, another, that's just another seed that we can sow as a church. The only problem is we need more. We need more. We need more. We need more. This year we should be able to plant Five or six churches. Mr. Mike, be careful. I'm tired of being careful. I'm tired of playing it low and slow. I'm like, folks, I only got a few more years in me. And I'm like, God, if you're going to do this, you're going to need to do it now. God, I need you to bless me. Because you know I won't sit on it. Look at all the people we were blessed over these last couple months. All I want is God, give me more. Why? Because then more people are going to get blessed. And anybody who knows, because you know new people, you don't, there's another greedy preacher. And the people who do know me know that's not true. I give it all away. You know, it was really cool. I had somebody walk up to me last week, handed me $200 cash and before the day was over I handed it out said God is that what what, you know what God I could have handed out 2,000 I think God has shown be faithful in the little things God will give you more this guy shares with this guy. Blessed. This blessing transfers to this man. He goes through all this. Now he's up on the stage in a worship band. Being used by God. He's in the middle of everything. He came here and helped pull down lights and, and work here this week. And he's this is a blessing to this church. I thank God for these young men. I thank God that God's blessed them. And I thank God that they're young. I, 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 listen, I, I appreciate you old people, you generals, and all of you older in the faith. But if we don't, if we don't reach the new people, young people, what, what's going to happen to us? We need to get on our faces and call in our children. Our children need to be growing up around our feet, all wrapped up with what we're wrapped up in. And for you to get your children in here, then you need to get in here. All right, sit down. Thank you. Oh God, that you would bless me. See, if you don't know, if you look at it, if you back up and look at it, I want to show you why Abraham. Is this all right? Uh, Now the Lord said to Abraham, I will, now listen to this, and you shall be a blessing. Listen to this, I will bless those who bless you. I will bless those, so whenever you bless someone who's been being blessed by God, guess what happens to you? You get blessed. Don't ever be afraid to bless somebody who's being blessed by God. 
Listen, I'm going to tell you something too for America. You see it last week. I've never been so angry in all my life for the last eight years is what America did to Israel last week. We sold those people out. And I will be so happy when there's no Obama. You cannot mistreat God's people and not expect there to be retribution. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. Thank God change is coming. And in all in you, everybody say in me, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. See, if this works right and God blesses you, then in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Not just your family. Notice it's plural. You see that? It's families. And in you, all the families. I remember for years I prayed for moms and dads over their sons and daughters while my own son was out into the world, while my own son went to jail, my own son was, I had to kick my own son out of my house. I had to, I had to take a hard, what do they call it, a tough love approach to my son because I, I realized I was enabling him. And I was praying and interceding. I was fasting and seeking God for sons and daughters and saw many sons and daughters come in. And I faithfully kept praying and seeking God. And while I was seeking God for my own son. My own son was on a prodigal journey of of over 10 years. 10 years. Before all that Wednesday night when he walked in those back doors right there. And he looked me right in the eye and he said, Dad, remember when I told you when I come back, I'm back? He looked me right in the eye and he said, I'm back. See, it's not just about my family. I'm concerned about your family. I will cry and pray and weep and seek God and fast for your family. I want to see your sons and daughters saved and healed and delivered and set free. Can you say amen, somebody? Some of you need to get out of yourself and go go after some others. And let me tell you something. The law of reciprocity will work. Because what you make happen for others will happen for you. So Jabez was more honorable, and he said, bless me. Now look at this in Genesis 11. This is the genealogy of Terah. Terah begat Abraham, Abraham, Nahor, and Haran. Haran begat Lot, and Haran died before his father, Terah, in his native land in Ur of the Chaldeans. And Terah went out with them from to go to the land of Canaan. Terah was an idol worshiper, but there was something in his DNA, something in his heart that God was trying to bring him to his purpose. His purpose was locked up inside of him. Listen to me now, church. There's some of, some people, they're like, they're like out, they're heathens, but their calling and their purpose is locked up inside of them. It's not like, Oh, they get saved and God dumps it in them. It's like it's in them and when they get saved, it just explodes. You know, in God's mind, I was a preacher while I was sitting on bar stools. You, You know, in God's mind, while I was out doing my thing, I was God's son. 
And that's how he, ta- he didn't talk to me like, you heathen, you, what's the matter with you? My son, come to me. I didn't come to Jesus. Jesus chased me down. His son, you got get get to your purpose. It was all locked up inside of me. But it, I was stuck. Listen to this. Heron died before his father Terah in his native land in Ura, the Shaldees. And Terah went out with them to go to the land of Canaan. See, it was locked up inside him. His calling was to get him and his children to the promised land. Terah was an idol worshiper at this time. Abraham hadn't even had an encounter yet with God. This is Genesis chapter 11. Things were just beginning to happen. Now listen to this. They came to Haran. I know those two words, you know, his son Haran and the city of Haran are two different things in the Hebrew. I'm going to show you that in a second. And he dwelt there. So the days of Terah were 205 years and Terah died in Haran. So let's, let's just, let me explain that to you real quick. You ready for this? The, the, the name Haran, which is how you say it, is, is his son. And the name Haran there means like, just like Jabez meant pain. The name Haran means a mountainous range. A mountainous range. The word Haran or Koran, it's actually C-H in the Hebrew. Uh, there's, it's C-H. R-A-N, so it's Koran, and the word Koran means to be angry, to burn, to dry up. Now think about this. Haran was his son. But his son died, and actually what it literally means is is he, he died in his father's arms. How many of you know that's painful when you see a child die, your child die? You used to have any kind of loss like that, any kind of setback, a divorce, losing your career, losing a marriage. It's a mountainous range. There's a lot of mountains you're going to have to cross once you go through something like that. And so listen to what he says. He says, he came to Haran, or he came to the city of Kauron, and there something began to burn in him. He never got healed. He never got, he never got uh, uh, set free from the hurt and the pain of his son dying in his arms. And when he got to Koran, all of that hurt rose up in him and he got stuck there. Listen to me. He got stuck there. Why do I know that? Because he was supposed to go to... Where was he supposed to go? He was supposed to go to the land of the promised land of Canaan. These were, this would be the territory that God would eventually give to Abraham. But he got to Koran, and because of his unhealed wounds, he dried up, and it says, look at what it says at the end of verse 2032 there. So Herod's days were 205, and Terah died. In Koran. He died in his anger. He died in his, his, his hurt. He died. Which leads me to this statement. If you don't find a way through your mountains, your mountain will become a desert where you slowly burn up and burn out. Why? That's why Jesus said, as believers, you have to learn to be, you have to learn to be Able to speak to mountains. 
Listen to me, church. Your mountains are speaking to you. They're telling you you're done. You're never going to go on here. You're never going to make it. You're never going to get to the promise. How many of you have heard that voice? You might as well give up. You're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. But here God says, speak to that mountain. And if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. And you don't doubt in your heart. It shall be done. Why? Because you got to get over your mountains. you got to get through your mountains. If you don't, your mountains will bury you. Some of you sitting here today, you started a journey to the promise and you got stuck in the place of your pain and it became a mountain to you. And what the enemy wants you to do is die there. Can I just tell you though, Jabez said, oh God, that you'll bless me. God, that you'll bless me. Everybody say it. Just say, bless me. Bless me, God. And then he prayed part two. He said, expand my territory. God, I don't just need your blessing. I need to expand my territory. We all have a choice of who will control our life. Self or God. We can be as close to God as we want to be. You're as close to God right now as you want to be. And if you seek more, he'll find more. Blessed is the man that hungers and thirsts after righteousness, for he shall be filled. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. The wise are daily, constantly inviting God into their life. Enlarge my territory. See, I want to. I just want to say one quick thing about this. this. Isn't just asking God for more stuff. Territory represents responsibility. God, enlarge my responsibility. Instead of me just looking after this little area, God, enlarge my. Because God, I want to. I want to. I want to do more. I want to see more. I want to. I want to find more. Because that's the heart of a true servant of God, is that you're after more faithfulness. See, Jesus taught stewards to be faithful. And he said, if you're faithful in the little things, he will trust you with bigger things. But if you're not faithful in the little things, how can God give you more? Can I just tell you, some of you are asking God for big things. But until you show up in the little things... God will not show up in the big things. Tweet that. Jabez, number three, was more honorable. I've got to wrap this up. Be with Jabez said, be with me in all I do. We all have a choice of who will control our life, self or God. I already said that, didn't I? So listen to what he says. He said, be with me in all I do. You know, the danger is, I think, I, I think the, real, the real danger in this is that we will go off and do things just on a whim or on an impulse. And what we need to do is seek God. Be with me in all I do. God, don't let me go off and do things without you. Number four, keep me from trouble and pain. This isn't a person asking for a soft life. It's protection from our enemy. How many of you know the more blessed you are, the more, uh, the more the enemy will target you? Hello? I said the more blessed you are, the more your enemy will target you. I, I want to I tell you something. You're looking at a blessed man. But I have one huge bullseye on my back. 
And I have the last few months have fought some battles. And I don't bring my battles into the pulpit and I don't complain and I don't gripe and you don't hear me moaning and mourning because I know it all goes, you know what? To much is given, much is required. And I've made a decision that God, I'm going to keep seeking you. I'm going to keep pressing into you. I'm going to keep going after you. I'm going to keep searching after you. I've made some people, I've disappointed some people. I've, I've made some people mad. I, I've done all kinds of things. I'm not proud of any of it, but I'm going to tell you one thing. You're looking at somebody who has one desire, and that's to go after God. I've decided I'm going to pray this prayer, Jabez, until God tells me to stop every day from here on out. And I want the blessing of God on my life. I don't know about you, but you want to come with me and see God's hand on our lives so we can see this city blessed? I want to see Portage blessed with the presence and the power of God. I'll fight every devil in hell I have to to see families brought back together, people delivered from drug addictions, people saved from sin and death and depression and darkness. I will do everything I can if God will just bless me and be with me and keep the enemy off my back. Somebody handed me this word this morning. I tell you, I've been, I'll just be honest with you. Emmy's been, been coming against me. I've been to three doctors in the last five weeks. I have five more tests to go. I'm fighting a battle on a physical level that I haven't fought in, in, in my entire life. And, then it, and, it, and the enemy's tried to attack my mind. He's tried to attack my, my, my soul. It tried to cause me, well, maybe I just need to back away. And that's what he wants you to do. He wants you to back away. But I think what we need to do is lean into God. Lean into the adversity. Lean into it. So that's what I've decided to do. And then I've got all these wonderful people praying and believe in God, somebody handed me this morning and said this, you are a type and shadow of things yet to come. You must press in and carry on. You pray and don't give up. Don't grow weary in your well-doing. My hand is upon you. Many will follow in your footsteps. Keep your eyes on me. Don't look to the left or the right. Your focus must stay on me. I hold you in the palm of my hand. No weapon formed against you will prosper. I am the Lord your God. Let it be to you as I say. Oh God, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. And that you would be with me and keep the enemy off my back. How about it? Is that a good prayer? Terah got stuck and he died in the wilderness before he ever got to the promised land. And that's where Genesis 12 picks up where God comes to Abraham because Abraham was in Haran, stuck with his dad, and God tells him, now you see, this is the context. Get up. Look at your neighbor and say, get up. Get out of this place. Say it. Get out of this place, you're supposed to say Jesus, help us. Get up. Get out of this place. Get out of this country. Get out of this and go to the land. Now, can I just tell you, it's time for some of you to get up and get out of where you've been sitting. 
You, you keep waiting for God to do something. God's waiting on you to get up and get out and get on with it. Oh, God, bless me. But you're not willing to move. You know, when, when Adele gave that word this morning, I just want to add an addendum to that because God spoke it to me in a... Anyway, just add this to that. Behold, I set before you an open door. And no man can shut it. But you must walk through it. Just because it's open doesn't mean that you went through it. Get up! Get on with it. So we're going to do something we've done before here done it different ways. This is the first in this way. I'm asking to bring the apples and the honey. Today we're going to do a Jewish tradition. This is not in the Bible. Don't go in here and say, oh, Pastor Mike, he's, got, he's starting some cult. Now he's adding to the Bible. This isn't in the Bible. You won't find it in the Bible. Then why are you doing it, Pastor Mike? Because Many times we use, Jesus used parables and illustrations to demonstrate things. I'm going to ask Paul and Adele and Mario and Yvonne to come up front with us. These are our elders and their wives. All right, so in the Jewish New Year, are you with me? What's called Rosh Hashanah. It's called, Rosh Hashanah means literally the head of the years. It's at the beginning of the Jewish New Year. This is a very holy time. It's full of, you should study it. It's full of the 10 days of awe. It's like our 21 days of seeking God. They, they had what they called the 10 days of awe. And then there was a feast around it. There was a fast around it. There was, the, the Jewish New Year was, had a lot of meaning to it. So I'm reading, I'm on a, I'm on a website that's by a rabbi a few years ago. And I read, I read one of the Jewish, this is a Jewish tradition. How many ever saw Fiddler on the Roof? You know, most of the Jews, they do, they do things. Why? Because it's tradition. And part of the tradition, that's why I say you won't find this in the Bible, but this started about 700 B.C. Because the Jews had a high honor for apples. Because apples to them in that day were a very rare and a very precious fruit. And it represented to them the Garden of Eden. And so they would take an apple at the head of the year, Rosh Hashanah. And they would all be together as a family like we're here today. This is, you're all part of the family. You're all here. If this is your first time, then you're just part of the family. If you want to do this. If you don't, you don't have to. This, there's no magic to this. This isn't superstition. It's not like if you don't do this, you're going to walk out of here cursed. It's not anything to do like that. But what they would do, because the apple was, would you hand me my phone? I want to read something to you. Apples dipped in honey express our desire for a sweet new year. Apples were a highly regarded fruit to the Jews. I know the apples get a rap, bum rap, you know, because what do we say that Adam and Eve ate from in the garden? It wasn't, and there's nowhere it says it was an apple. That's a tradition. But whatever it was, but here's what the Song of Solomon says. As the apple is rare and unique among the trees of the forest, so is my beloved amongst the maidens of the world. 
See, when God puts his blessing, his hand on you, you're, you are blessed and he sets you apart. That's what it means to be a holy nation, a, a special, a peculiar people. That's how Paul described, or Peter described the church in Peter. Well, the apple is both sweet and tart. Can I just tell you something? How many of you realize that over this 2017, I'm not going to paint you some phony picture that there won't be some some tartness or some there could be some difficulties in the year let me just say it in English you could go through some painful things this year in 2017 but can I just tell you this whatever you go through like Jabez whose name was pain when you are dipped in the honey of God, which honey represents the favor and the grace of God. That it's one thing to go through pain, but when you go through pain and God dips you in his favor, I can go through anything knowing that God's hand is on me. I can go through any pain knowing I've been dipped in the favor of God. And so you see, it's, a, it's an attitude of, of God. I know this year is going to have some challenges. Amen. But I also know this year's God's going to dip me in his favor. And when you come up front here, I'm going to have, these were just cut now. And I know they're turning a little brown. So you do that. You're going to grab, we're going to get two lines. No, you hold the honey. You're going to get two lines down here. We're going to go through this really quick. And when you're going to come up, you're going to dip your honey. Or dip your honey. I think honey on honey, grace upon grace. You're going to dip your apple in the honey and eat it. And what, I, what it is, we're going to, me and Terry are going to be right here in the middle. And we're going to bless you. We're going to bless you. Because we have been blessed. We are, we are so blessed to be here today. I wish I could take time and tell you just how blessed I am. But as we do this, I want you to know that this isn't magic. This is, again, this is, but what it represents to you, I want you to remember this. I want you to remember today. So that no matter what, if it's next week, next month, at the beginning, middle of, next, of, the, of the summer, whatever, whenever you get in, entering in, your thought is, I'm in the favor of God. I am blessed beyond measure. I am blessed because God is in my life. You know, people are sitting people here, people sitting here this morning been through some things. Bob right here just went through brain surgery. I watched God just dip him in honey. Dawn's fell off a ladder. Glory to God. All you are banned for ladders. Get your neighborhood teenagers to take your lights down. Stay off them ladders. Pay them $10. They're, they're dumb. They'll work for nothing. She fell off, broke her leg. She's dipped in the favor of God. I want you to come. Uh, ushers, I want you to get right here to the front. I want you to gonna do this kind of slow. We're not in a hurry here. We're gonna bless you. We're gonna dip apples in honey. This is a Jewish tradition. Remember, don't go away and say, I don't know about Pastor Mike, man. He's doing some crazy things. We I've done this for three years in a row now. Usually we do it in October because that's when the Jewish New Year starts. Let's just stop right there. Yeah, come on. Don't be don't be shy.
You know what the year is in the Jewish calendar? I know in the Gregorian calendar it's 2017. You know what it is in the Jewish calendar? 5777. Five for grace, seven for completion. All right, Father, I just pray that your preciousness and your presence will sit down around us right now. That no matter how much pain people are in today, that today you're going to dip them in the honey of your favor and grace. Today you're going to show them, God, that they are blessed and they're blessed to be a blessing. That something's going to break loose off people here today. That that negativity and all the enemy's lies and all the pain and all the suffering is going to fall away today. And we're going to walk in the favor of God and the joy of the Lord will be their strength. And you're going to renew joy to their house. Hallelujah. In the mighty name of Jesus.